Step right up, step right up. Don't miss the amazingly dense Ryan making a complete fool of himself right after these quick messages. Hey there, cyclists. Do you enjoy leg cramps and bonking while on the bike? If so, Carbo Rocket is not for you. But if you want to stay hydrated and energized on even the most grueling of rides, Carbo Rocket has you covered. They offer multiple products, each with a light taste that is easy on the most sensitive of stomachs. As a bonus, I am giving both of my listeners a chance to save 25% on their next order at carborocket.com. All you have to do is use the discount code ROCKETCLUB. If you want to get more out of your next ride, put some rocket fuel in your bottle. Just pedal on over to carborocket.com and use the code ROCKETCLUB. 25% off your next order. Carborocket. Feel smarter, go farther. Hey campers, while I enjoy new boot goofing and having fun on here, I'd like to take a moment and talk to you about something important to me. Each year, over 6,300 veterans commit suicide. That is more than the number of all the service members killed in action since 1990. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, connect with the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press the number 1. A trained responder will answer your call and ask you a few questions. You can decide how much you want to share, and support doesn't end with your conversation. Their responders can put you in touch with local resources after your call. The Veterans Crisis Line is a free, confidential resource that's available to anyone even if you're not registered with the VA or enrolled in VA healthcare. The caring, qualified responders at the Veterans Crisis Line are specially trained and experienced in helping veterans of all ages and circumstances. Their number again is 1-800-273-8255. Then press option one. Hey there, campers, and welcome to another episode of Trailer Talk with Ryan. I'm Ryan, this is my trailer, and I'm talking. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Eddie O'Day, and he is a, is it a former pro or are you still pro? I don't know. I mean, we'll get into what defines pro in mountain bike someday. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie, uh, Eddie uh, has raced pro mountain biking for years and has worked in the industry for years, and so he has graciously uh, decided to come up here and talk to us. Thanks so for thank having you. me. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, you know, the, the biggest, I think Falcor is killing. That's, the, that's not me chewing on bones, guys. Yeah, that is Falcor. <laughs> he is killing that bone. Hopefully it's not uh, not too crazy. You should have heard that deer crying before you started. <laughs> right. <laughs> Vicious killer. Uh, so so what, are, what are you up to now? What's, what's going on with you currently? Um, currently, I am... Um, doing a lot of bike fits. Um, so that's a big part of my day to day is fitting people on their bikes and teaching them good pedaling technique. Mm. Um, I do that at free flight bicycles in Sandy Springs. Um, also at Bob's bicycles in Homewood, Alabama. Oh, I didn't know you worked at Bob's. Yeah. So that's all just kind of come about in the last, well, week or two. Um, I was, was an employee with free flight for a while and now um, it's more of a contract basis. So I just kind of go back and forth wherever the fits are and keep myself busy. Oh, that's awesome. 
That's also really cool. leaves me a lot more time to ride bikes and start thinking about more adventures. Oh, adventures. Uh, can you talk about them? What's, uh... um, no, not yet. Let's, <sighs> let's tease that a little Man. bit. You have to come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got, I got to set this up for the, for the <laughs> <Right>. sequel. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you've been riding more. Uh, where, where are you? Where are you, where are you riding at? Where are you um, riding? So I'm back and forth between um, the Atlanta area and Birmingham. So it's riding a bit of both. Um, back in October, I actually rode from Atlanta to Birmingham. I attempted <laughs> to get back. That that was a failed attempt. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever tried to put grass into a tire to ride home. Don't bother. Uh, it's a total waste of time. Was it wet grass or dry grass? Uh, yeah, a little bit of little bit of both because i've i've heard uh i've heard it's, those it's like this myth right that's yes, around from yes. like the, at least when i started riding in the 90s it was like this oh you just put grass in it and ride out yeah, yeah. Well, it got to that point like i went through a tube a plug then a tube then like eight patches it's still not fixed and i'm sitting on the side of a highway and i'm like man there's a lot of grass i guess i'll give it a shot <laughs> pack it all in there as tight as i can force the tire back on there i ride about a mile and then and I'm on this really nasty road. I'm going super slow, you know, because I've got a tire right. full of grass that now weighs like eight pounds. And so the I stop. cows are chasing Yeah. <laughs> so I stop. I see a little side road and I stop and I um, look at my the map on my phone to see if this little side road will kind of be helpful. And I decide it is. And I start riding it, check my phone again. Between those two stops, all the grass settles down with gravity. It doesn't just stay out there in the tire where it's supposed to be, right? Oh, so no. now it's half full of grass and half not. So it's like, but um, but um, but um, and it's just kind of bucking me. It was, it was bad. <laughs> so I made it about three miles to the next town and um, had a friend come pick me up. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, jeez. So I, uh, my friend, he he told me that that trick and he made it sound way better than what you just did. yeah like because he was like oh no it's no problem man you just throw yeah. some grass in there and, and you're you're fine no i mean and it's not like you put a tube in there and then you fill it up with air you're right. trying to pack it full of grass and you i suppose if i really needed a cover like 20 miles like i'd stop and keep repacking it sure. but i'd have to be desperate 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 to try that again <laughs> i mean just walk and put your thumb out. <laughs> right, right. It's a lot better than that. So you, um, so you, you're a pro racer, and the and and you you've raced for Topeak Ergon and Visago. Um, was Kona before that? Oh, you did race for Kona. I did. Oh, that's awesome. It was. It was kind of like a grassroots kind. Of, the local rep took care of me. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. It was nice. It was kind of, so I was ri actually riding for Carter K bikes when I first moved up to Georgia here, like 2004 ish. Um, and they got me tied in with Kona and that just kind of, I was like, you know what? It'd be a great idea just to quit my IT job and go race bikes. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst financial decision ever. But <laughs> so, so is that how you, is that how you got your start then? Yeah. You, really? So yeah, I was, um, I was working like corporate IT, sitting in my cubicle, taking care of networks. Yeah, that's horrible. And uh, to be honest, the last year of it was really like writing my blog and just writing all these sponsorship letters and like, <laughs> doing everything I could to not actually do my job. 
And then, of course, as corporate goes, they wanted to promote me to manager. <laughs> I'm like, no, let's not do that. I'll actually just go ahead and quit and go ride my bike. Wow. And it, it what it really came down to was they, um, so they're laying off all these people left and right. And so I went and go and talked to HR. I was like, hey, listen, I'm like out of the paid vacation thing and I want to go do this. I didn't really tell them about the race, but it was like, I need to go do this trip. And, uh, and they're like, sorry, there's no, no unpaid time off. And I'm like, I'm, you don't have to pay me. Right. Like, I'm not asking for more paid vacation here. Like, it's going to save the company money and, and I'm just not going to be here for a week. It's not a big deal. They're like, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, that sucks. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> There wasn't a ton of thought into it and a lot of planning and saving up money. I was just like, nope, it's 24 hour nationals. I got to go. <laughs> I guess I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, so, so that definitely, uh, <laughs> because one of the questions that like everybody, well, not everybody, but you know, people have is like, you know, like how do you become pro? So, Number one, quit your job, <laughs> quit your job and go ride a bike. Yeah, that's. So, I mean, pro bike is like, there's a lot of different variations of that, right? So you could have a professional license from USA Cycling. Does that mean you make any money? No, there's no guarantee any money there. Um, you can be like, like a pro road riders. There is some salary things that go along with different levels of, of um, being a pro. So that they have like, you know, pro continental, the world tour those guys have sort of salary things that could happen um and the lower that gets the less guarantees you're going to have obviously um but on the mountain bike side there is zero structure to it really um absolutely zero and like, even when i raced for topi kurgan there was not a salary um you know all of our team gear was taken care of like anything i needed to race was taken care of and then most of my travel um but lines got blurred there because i worked for for Topeak to, to really, that's where the paycheck came from. Sure. Um, and then all the million side jobs that I made for myself so that I didn't have to have a real job. That's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> and for several years I would, um, I'd work with my brother does, um, network cabling and I'd go do yeah. jobs for him either in Florida or, you know, it's whatever. So I could make a paycheck for a week and figure out how to save up enough money to get to the next race. Right. Um, but then I got more creative with it and, got into um, like the bike fitting was one of those things um, that I could schedule, you know, on my own terms, leaving me open to go train and go race and, and set my own schedule with it. Um, coaching and then race directing was another way to do that. And um, I, I started Southern, well, first I was ra uh, directing the burn 24 hour. I took that over. No, I haven't heard of that one. It's up, it was up in Wilkesboro. Okay. Um, on the, oh, Wilkes, no, I'm, anyways, Wilkesboro Trails. I'm totally flaking on the name of the trail system. Absolute blasted trails up there. Yeah. Um, but the 24-hour thing kind of died off and the race went away. Um, not while I was directing it. It was amazing while I was directing it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that whole genre just kind of died off. Okay. But uh, directing 24-hour races is way more brutal than racing them. Um, and I've done both, uh, so I can I can speak to that. Sure. Um, directing a twenty four hour race is like racing a forty eight hour race. Jeez. It's just yeah. There's well, not I much mean, sleep, it, and it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, when you when you would race, you would race as solo, correct? 
most of the time. I did two two different team twenty four hours. Okay. Okay. Very um, cool. And then in between like twenty five solo yeah. twenty four hours. So when you're doing those races or, or any race, the only money you're making is like from the the um the prize money for placing. Um yeah, which or? is I think I probably if I added it all up, I'd be surprised if it was more than like maybe couple thousand dollars yeah over what's today 20 years of racing now <laughs> wow so 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 it really is just a, a passion thing. yeah i mean and what i was able to do is have so as a race director i'm out promoting my races at other races like sure so sure. there's that aspect of it and i'm promoting my bike fitting service and my coaching and um and then i was able to kind of tie in being a marketing rep for various companies um, yeah early on like i worked with wingnut gear they make the those kind of low-hanging backpacks okay yeah. um really nice backpacks check them out um and then uh like i'd go to Interbike, the the mm -hmm. bike trade show for those that don't know or that, that used to be that doesn't exist now, um, yeah. um and i'd go there and i'd work the chamois butter booth for a couple hours a day so that i could be at Interbike, so that i can go run around and do all my networking and sometimes so you know like give talks at sponsor booths and stuff like that okay um i did that for a lot of years and and shammy butter was a, became a sponsor as well um those guys are great well they they still sponsor you don't they or um i, I see you wearing the kit yeah and... so they'll still they, yeah they still give me some kits every once in a while i think that the jacket that most people see me in and in, in the last three or four years is three or four years old <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really nice long sleeve jersey i use it a lot nice um, but those guys are amazing they're um, and yeah, in a way they do still sponsor. Like they, they got me set up to do dirty Kanza. Um, I was going to do oh, it this yeah. year. Obviously nobody did it this year. Um, I'm looking at doing it next year and, uh, kind of rekindling with those guys. And they're just, they're just a lot of fun to hang out with. Right. Um, but I would go do little, you know, try to find little ways to kind of do two things at once. Right. If I'm going to a race, I'm also promoting myself and the companies that I'm either sponsored with or working with whatever, as well as promoting my own businesses so I can somehow make some money while I'm out there doing it. Yeah. And that's, that's what being, at least from like an endurance mountain bike prospect, that's pretty much what looking like a pro was. Um, there's, you know, there's always a handful of guys, you know, like, um, Ray, what's that name? Hans Ray or <laughs> Hans Ray. Well, he was a trials guy is a trials guy. Oh. Um, um, so he'd make his money from doing, you know, shows and sponsorships and, and videos weren't really a thing when he was doing it. Um, he did all the stunts in Pacific Blue, the bike police show. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know what kind of money he made out of that, but. <laughs> Movie, it's TV show money. Yeah, it's TV. It's residuals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's still watching that. Your, your, your entire audience of two is like, I've never heard of that. I'm going to go Google it. <laughs> Google Google just shrugs shrugs his shoulders. Yeah, like, I don't know. No, actually, there's YouTube videos. This came up at work a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd just always be hustling some way to get a new thing going to to make some money and, and keep myself moving along so I could get to the next race. Right. It's not super lucrative, um, but oh, I know where I was going. There's a couple of guys out there who did get a salary. You know, there's some racers. Um, yeah. And I don't know how big of a salary and what their side jobs and what their hustles were like. Um, there's very, very, very few, even at the highest level, um, in 
endurance mountain bike anyways that are, are making any sort of paycheck yeah well and i i read something somewhere sometime uh <laughs> that that even aaron gwynn you know like you know rock star downhill sure you know world cup guy um he's he is like the top paid individual cyclist <laughs> and and he was like with everything with sponsorships and like with with everything totaling he was barely breaking a million a year that top paid mountain bike yeah yeah well no i mean no i think it was i'm sure lance was making more than that oh that's a good point well so yeah maybe it's just mountain bike whatever he's you know he's like the all-star sure and uh yeah, yeah. and a, he a, yeah a million on, on the mountain bike side seems like a ton yeah you know, maybe it, like sean palmer back in his heyday yeah like, that guy had yeah because he had like legit sponsors like mountain dew and right at a time when mountain dew was a big deal not you know like red bull's the thing now but right it didn't exist then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been red bull if red bull existed <laughs> well and it's just it's so weird because it's um it's like the difference between it, well, anybody in a cycle, any cycling athlete, pro cycling athlete, uh, their salary and income pales to like a kicker on an NFL team or something. Sure. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. It's wild. If I took a guess right now at who's making the most money in endurance riding, I'd, it's actually, I think, two women at the moment. It's probably Rebecca Rush and Lael Wilcox. Oh, okay. If, I know Rebecca, I, but I don't know Lael. Lael's, um, um, she's got the women's record for like Tour Divide. Oh. Um, yeah, she's interesting stories. Definitely get her on the show next. Perfect. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just writing that down. Excellent. I bet you I can get Rebecca on here. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah she's cool. We get I, I call her Arbeck. Okay. It's just a thing that we have. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember being at Interbike, one of those years where I was working the chamois butter, uh, uh, in, intermittently working the chamois butter booth and running around, and I got to speak. Uh, I was sponsored by Light Motion at that time. Oh, yeah. and this probably would have been like 2007 or eight. And Rebecca was kind of transitioning from adventure racing into 24 hour racing. And so they had some of their sponsored athletes that happened to be at the show come talk. And I got all, you know, googly eyed because it's like, oh my God, it's Nat Ross and Rebecca Raj, and I get to stand next to them like I'm somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty so amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the, kind of like the early days of being a pro. It was yeah. like, oh boy, I'm here. Yeah. This is what it's like. Well, and yeah, <laughs> and, you know, don't sell yourself short. You're like, you know, like at, you're, you're up there. So at the time I was, you know, pretty good regionally, but I hadn't done a lot yet, but it was, it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you hold records like all over the place. You hold the, well, I don't know if you hold the TNGA record anymore. That's that's a but. That's, yeah, that that's a, that one hurts a little bit because they changed oh. they changed the route slightly. Right. I was gonna yeah I was gonna say. Um, was... And so the year I set the record was kind of an anomaly year because there was a little bit of the early route, um, like the beginning of the route that was altered because of a trail that got closed at that time and now it's back open. And then they've added like twelve ish miles to the end of it uh, it's mostly paved they're not particularly hard miles on the uh like this on the silver comet yeah okay um some roads down to the comet and then oh. you finish a couple of miles on the comet and um and now i'll, I'll quit complaining about it um <laughs> so james dunaway who he's won it twice i believe now um he won it last year and put in 
an amazing time. And I always look at the pace of it and, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the year I last won it, it was like 9.7 miles per hour, which, you know, sounds amazingly fast when you say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, for that though, I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. 10 miles an hour on that route is brutal. Yeah. I and, mean, I mean, it's, it's like, like 56,000 feet of climbing in what, 350 miles or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy when I do like eight or nine miles an hour at blankets <laughs> on, you know, 500 feet of elevation. But, so, uh, yeah. So James last run was like 9.6. Like he's knocking on the door of it. So I, okay. I can't really complain and say that yeah. Uh, yeah, I really have the record, but I don't. So sure. it's, um, it'll go down whether I do it or he does it or someone else does it. That yeah. Someone will, will blaze it faster yeah. at some point. Well, and you, I mean, you, there were multiple years that you held it. So it's, yeah, it's not like, uh, yeah. I mean, records are always broken. So yeah, I hope so. So at least, you, at least you have it. You know, a, a couple of lines. Me. Yeah, a um, couple of lines in the Hall of Fame. And it was, I got to do it the first, the first year, which was really interesting and really scary. Well, didn't you? Weren't you involved in routing it? Um, I would. Get, so Dave Muse did ninety nine point nine 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 percent of that, and. Okay. If I did anything, it was really go accompany Dave on okay. some rides, not like Dave, Dave did all of that. Okay. Um, I'd say what he didn't do was just like, oh, the Pinhotis trails there. We'll just use that. That's easy. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, but the actual scouting and putting together the roads and linking it all together, I think he spent something like five years doing it. Like That's amazing. I did, like, I, maybe I inspired Dave, like... I certainly encouraged Dave. Sure. I don't know that I inspired him, but I certainly encouraged him. And, and early on, it, a lot of that spurred from conversations of just like, how cool would it be if we linked this together and that together? And it's like, well, could we get across the whole state? Like, that would be a really interesting thing. And it seemed like fantasy la-la land that anybody would actually ride all of that at any one go. Yeah. Never mind myself as we said it, but it was just like, oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what 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 sparked him dave to to even He's start that like got it definitely got a thing for a for maps okay you know i mean if it was 400 years ago he'd be a guy out there in a boat exploring the world right like he's just got a a thing for maps and adventure and and putting it together and i think i think he liked the challenge of it um and it's like he made it a lifestyle you know he kind of drug his girls around and his, his Dodge Durango driving all over North Georgia back roads and hiking this and riding that. And that's cool. It just gave him something to go do. And sure. I mean, and what a legacy, like that's such an awesome route. Oh yeah. No, I mean, well, and, and I've heard, you know, even though it's 300 miles versus what the tour divide is like, what, 2,700 miles? 2,750. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, who was it? again my my brain forgets but um i think i was i was watching the um the 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 series that they did on the ride to extraordinary chris wheeler yes available on amazon yes and vimeo you gotta see that if you haven't seen that it is so important um there were people on there saying that uh that they have done the tour divide Mm -hmm. and so they were they were preparing for the divide by doing the TNGA. And then after doing the TNGA, they're like, Oh my God, 
you got to do the divide to prepare for the TGA. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, they're both incredibly hard. I have I've sure. done them both, um, and no they're both deal. incredibly hard in very different ways. Um, TNGA for me was wit like the last time I did it was thirty nine hours and change, so it's wow. very very compared to Tour Divide, it's very short. Sure. But it's very intense. So it's kind well, of... And, and you doing it in 39 hours means that us mortals can take up to like eight days. Yeah, I'd say most so. people are somewhere between three and five days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's the, not, you know, like, it, it's not a 39-hour ride. It's, it's, I, it's I compare a, it to doing... a long ride. <laughs> to doing like a cross-country, like, you know, your hour and a half, two-hour cross-country race. It's uh -huh. really intense, right? Right. It's, Versus a hundred mile mountain bike race. Sure. It's still painful. It's just a different kind of painful. And yeah. you can either have your searing hot heat or you can have that slow burn for a long time. Right. And Tour Divide, like, that took me 21 days, you know, averaging 140 miles a day. Like that's, that's all, it's, it's a different burn. Yeah. And, and I lost that race by a week. Well, <laughs> yeah, but to your credit, I mean, you had like snafu moments of that, that which is totally my own fault so no, i know kidding. i know but it's <laughs> it wasn't a pedaling he's issue. alluding to where i lost all of my money but i wasn't <laughs> see i wasn't outing you i was just saying and not hey, the first time i've had such an incident <laughs> so the first time i did the hurricane which is um at the time was a 280 mile route and it's in central florida um i get like 65 miles into it and i'm thinking about I've got a store stop coming up here in like 10 miles. What do I need? You know, I'd like to put like a list together so I don't just like walk into a convenience store and have no clue what I'm going to do and then buy everything and sit there and eat it. Um, like I try to be concise. And so I'm thinking through all this and then somewhere from way in the back of my brain seeps in. You took your money out of that bag and put it over there and it's still. It's in your car. Oh, like, oh. No. There was a lot of yelling <laughs> in the woods that I hope nobody heard. Words my mother would not appreciate. Um, and so I, my brother was my, like, my emergency contact for that particular race. So I texted him and I was like, here's the situation. And uh, I may need you sometime tonight because here's my plan. <laughs> I'm just going to go way faster and then I'll need less calories. That way I don't have to buy anything. <laughs> Genius, right? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So, so that, yeah, that, was, that, was, that was the only thing I could come up with. <laughs> I passed through um, a couple of trailheads and I was like, maybe I'll run into somebody and they'll offer me a hundred bucks. Like that could possibly happen. Yes. <laughs> maybe I'll find some money on the side of the road. Um, these are pretty much the only things that could happen that are within uh, the rules, you know. And my, my brother actually is like, "I'll come meet you on the trail. Oh, give so you he, some money." He, he can't. Yeah, provide so assistance. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Oh. Can't take that. Now, if I found trail a twenty dollar bill on the side of the road, totally cool, pick that up. But and I can't. if he was the one that dropped it accidentally, yeah. So <laughs> morally and ethically, yeah, yeah. So I can't invoke that trail magic to happen. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I just just plotted along and i had about i forget the exact number we'll say like 2500 calories on me and 
and it was all powder. I had like one one bar or something like that. Like, so the only way I could get calories in was drinking it. And so I just, just put my head down and plowed on and <laughs> made it happen. Missed a water stop towards the end. And that just really messed me up. I must, I nodded off while riding at the end of that ride for the last maybe hour and a half. I have no idea how many number of times, but I would guess somewhere between 50 to a hundred times where I'm just pedaling along and I wake up like you've had those moments when you're really tired and then you just catch yourself right. where you just shut your eyes and yeah, yeah I yeah. was doing that while riding yeah, for hours. <laughs> so the motivation to keep going was that it was really cold. It's like 34 degrees, but yet still humid because oh it's gosh. Florida. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to lay down and just no, you'll get freeze, real cold. Yeah. And then, and all I had was like a, like a Marlar emergency blanket. Um, and then I'm with two other guys who I don't want to let win. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. So I got to win. <laughs> I can't, of course. <laughs> I made it this far. I can't just let them go. So we all ended up finishing together. <laughs> What's funny is I get like five minutes from the finish and all of a sudden like all the adrenaline starts going and I'm wide awake and I'm right. not nodding off anymore and I'm totally thinking about attacking. <laughs> well, I don't know if these guys had waited on me or not, but nothing really happened at the end of the race, which yeah. is very unusual, particularly with the three of us. Um, and yeah, I was totally thinking of being a jerk. <laughs> I didn't do it, but the thought entered my mind. Right. God. It, 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 it blows me away how, how you guys, you know, you, you pros, uh, can just push your bodies through. I mean, you know, like I suffer on the bike, but the amount of suffering that yeah. you guys go through, you know, like the, the stories and, you know, just like you're telling this story. And, and they always seem like, well, yeah, you know, so I was, you know, like my left arm fell fell off. And so I was like, well, shoot, you know, how am I going to make the rest of this 3,000 mile? I'll, I'll just, you know, adjust. I'll just adjust and keep pedaling. Yeah, just, and, you know, flip this around in my head and find something positive and keep on going. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's it, so awesome. It takes, I will say it takes practice. Like, that's not a thing. Maybe some people aren't born with it. I was not born with that. Like, just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go suffer through this and right. totally enjoy it. Now, there is an aspect of suffering that is inherent to cycling that I did find I enjoyed from the get-go. Like, particularly my first trip to North Georgia was like, man, that kicked my butt, but I want more of that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. I, I get that. You know, just that satisfying, exhausted feeling at the end of the day that you did something. Yeah. Um, but to take that to other levels of where you start riding all night and go sleep deprived for days and ride through all sorts of pain and agony. Like it, it takes some practice. Um, sure. And it's, there is times during those races where I've had to stop and think like, you know, am I putting myself in danger? Am I putting other people in danger? Mm. If I continue on, um, I, I think back to the, um, I did the trans North Georgia in 2011 um, tropical storm Lee was coming in yeah. out of the Gulf and we were starting, um, as it was making landfall. So it was basically a race against a <laughs> tropical storm, um, that the tropical storm won. I spent the last, whatever, eight hours in the tropical storm. I mean, like the early bands of it, it wasn't sure. terrible and the winds weren't too crazy. Um, but the bands of rain were just awful it's just dump and then it stopped for like 45 minutes and then dump and stop for 45 minutes. Um, and I got 
I got tired at the end of that one and stopped and took like a two hour nap. I woke up, um, I was in a emergency blanket and the water had pooled up on it and was sucking the heat out of me. Oh, so I woke up really cold. Um, and I was like, got to snap out of this right now. I got to move before I get, you know, start shaking. And I was, it was already starting to shake at that point. And, um, I get myself going, I'd cut, um, I had hole in arm sleeves into my, my emergency <laughs> bivy blanket and wore it as a poncho to, you know, to keep, keep my heating. Cause I was pretty wet at that point. I'd been rained on. Right. Um, and it's a great wind block. Nothing gets through that yeah. thing and it holds yeah. the heat in. So I was like, I, and I knew there was a descent coming. Um, it wasn't yeah. terribly long. And in my head, I was just going to wear this thing for a minute down this descent. And then once I start climbing, I'll take it off. Yeah. Like two and a half hours later, I'm still wearing this thing. I look like the great pumpkin. <laughs> There's orange blanket hanging out of everywhere. <laughs> But there was a couple of times during that, that where I could have exited out to a road and it's like, do I push on and go play in the woods here? Like, I mean, this is a totally selfish endeavor. This does not need to be happening. I could stop at any time. And if I crash out there, like who's going to come get me in a tropical storm? And what am I, you know, am I putting those people in danger? And it's like, uh, I wrestled with that a little bit. I mean, ultimately, I decided to be selfish and move on and finish the race. But well, of course, I mean, <laughs> of course, you don't go all that way. I, yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, because all maybe your, twenty miles from the finish. Yeah, I mean, all your friends would have been like, "Why did you quit?" Yeah. Oh like, yeah. No, they we would have totally no, come and got. They would have been, "You are a quitter," because that's what my friends are like. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Way to go, quitter. <laughs> uh, that's. Good. I was the yeah, only one that finished wild. that year. <laughs> the only one. Yeah. Really? There was a guy behind me. Um, wow. Uh, anyways, who made it um, hold up in a, one of those chemical toilets at oh. the bottom of High Point um, Trailhead, which is really 10, 10 12 miles from the finish. Oh, he no. hung out there for a couple hours and was just like, you know, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. Ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then most everybody else pulled out at Mulberry Gap and was like, yeah, this is stupid. Well, it's <laughs> Which, too comfortable there. Well, yeah. And the idea of leaving there and heading off into a tropical storm. Yeah. While TNJ kicks your butt is just, no, it's, yeah, I would have stayed there. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That is a hard place to leave. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They, they should have like, uh. It cordoned off when like the TNJ riders come. They have to like stay at the bottom of the hill in like the <laughs> grass curtains up, so you can't see anything. Yeah. you can't talk to anybody. You don't get anything hot or any beer. <laughs> you have to keep going. That's crazy. So you getting you know getting into the to the pro side of things. Um, you you quit a job, so obviously you weren't like seventeen or eighteen when you started. No, I racing. was thirty when I quit my job to go do that like wow. i should have been in the prime of making my money right right that's when everybody builds their retirement nest egg and i'm yeah. over here like screw it i'm gonna go ride my bike <laughs> they just sent me a frame <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'm gonna live on a cliff bar for this week <laughs> that's Dude, why i would um work part-time at uh red brick brewery i would take mm. the bottles off the pallet and yeah. put them on the conveyor belt and they'd pay me a case of beer an hour. So I was like, I can't work more than like four hours a week because that's way more beer. But then, and then I trade the beer for mechanic services. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like any little hustle I could come up with so that I could have, you know, whatever I could trade with parts or. That's so awesome whatever. though. Because I mean, you know, that's, that's like one of the dreams is to, you know, like Tiffany and I, we, you know, we tell the kids like you find something that you want to do and the money will come. 
To a, I mean, you know, I mean, to a point. I mean, the audience can't see me over here. Like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when we were talking to. I mean, we were talking to you, but like it was. Um, there was like we're at like a, a get together, whatever, and um, somebody said like, oh, you know, like oh, I wish I was a pro racer or something like that. Yeah. And, and you said, yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll trade you bank accounts <laughs> because it, you know, it just doesn't pay. You yeah, know, exactly. You, you got to hustle so much for it. Um, and I, I'm not complaining. It's just no, yeah. Uh, it's a hard way to to try to make a lifestyle out of it, but sure. it's super rewarding. I mean, yeah. the stories from nobody wants to sit with me on a podcast and talk about my my story beats from cubicle days of working IT. Like nobody could yeah, care no, less, right? All. So. No. I I have much better stories having ridden bikes than yeah. and done that. So I am grateful to have uh, had the opportunity to do it. And and uh, I don't know if you know I'd say I had the cojones to go do it. It was I, you know, I was dumb, but no, I mean <laughs> no, it, it takes you know balls to go and and I mean that's that's huge. You know, up, uprooting your life to to such a drastic change. Yeah, I mean I I wouldn't have done that. I mean that's. I mean, I can tell you right now, there's, there's no way. Um, I mean, so oh, I that's, mean, that's admirable. Well done, Eddie. Okay. Well done. They only say that if it works out, right? If I'm living in a cardboard box, it's like, yeah. oh, no, that was a bad choice, buddy. Yeah. If, if you need a place, um, this dinette turns into a bed. Oh, so you just hang out here. <laughs> when Tiffany comes to visit, you got to go though. Okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, now you know you're gonna have a life full of experiences, and and I mean you've accomplished things that you know people you know dream of accomplishing. So that, that's and hopefully amazing. I still have a few more of those in me. Yeah, well, hopefully. Well, and you know, and speaking of creating um, experiences, uh, you have helped create experiences for a lot of kids on bikes. Let's you know, I won't I won't let that <laughs> dangle um, <laughs> by helping uh, start the Georgia League. Yeah. With Nika and and all that good stuff, uh, with Kenny Griffin and Dan Brooks and oh, yeah, before uh, we even had Kenny involved. Oh, um, it was before Kenny. Okay, so I guess the backstory on that would be um, <clears throat> I was a kind of a national ambassador for Nika. Oh, okay. Um, they kind of put together this group of you know pros, influencers, right? Um, to, to just to help spread the word around the country and, and see what came of it. Um, you know, it's kind of one of their, it's, you know, a no cost thing, put it out there and see if it works. Yeah. Um, and so at the same time I was coaching, um, Dan Brooks to do a cross country ride. The, um, the, was, was it the BC race? No, no, this was across the country on road bike. Oh, the Ram? Was it the no, Ram? No, not a, it's, it was a tour. It was like a supported tour. You but, said a whore? tour oh <laughs> i was like i don't know if we should say that no <laughs> i mean you paid for it <laughs> okay a bike tour okay i will enunciate better. <laughs> um and so dan books went on to become the first uh director of the georgia league right. um so he got done with that and him and i had been having some conversations and and then deeper conversations afterwards he was trying to figure out something to do he had retired from his previous career and was looking for something else to do and wanted to do something with bikes right and he was thinking of you know like maybe i'll buy a frame company and do a thing there i could put some money into building trails or 
And I was like, yeah, you'll lose all your money over there. You're too impatient to wait for trails to get built. That's going to take 10 years. I was like, you should really look into this high school league thing. This sounds really cool. Um, and he totally bought that, thankfully. Um, yeah. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I just put myself out there. It was, you know, I can help you any way I can, but I'm a poor bike racer over here. I ain't got the money to bankroll this. I can help you right. find sponsors. I can help you get people involved. And it was really cool to see um, the early support for it and some like really key people like uh, Dan Thornton from, from Free Flight was like, yeah, I, I brought it up to him on a group ride one day and he's like, totally in. Tell me where to send a check. You know, and just people were just totally into it. And, and, um, I think Dan Brooks approached Kenny and Kenny was like, oh yeah. And he, he did it for free for the first year. Oh, like that was just totally pro bono. Like, yeah, I'm a race trader. I'll put that together for you. Wow. And that's the people that got behind it and made it happen, did it because they saw the potential in it and and what could happen. And what could happen is a thousand kids are racing in our league now, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, which is getting their brothers and sisters on the bikes, their parents on the bikes, yeah. um, aunts and uncles coming out to races and check that thing out. And it's, I mean, Ryan is a uh, mechanic for, for the league, so he's seen all of this. But uh, it is like four to one for each kid. There's four p- adults that come to these races. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Which makes yeah. parking a nightmare, but... Right. <laughs> um, well, and it, it well, and it's funny too because you know, like, yes, now there's there's a thousand kids racing, but when, when like you know, before this year, this year was you know, but like a normal year where we <laughs> in had the like, before times, yeah, the before times, <laughs> um, when we had like the infield and it was a big production, uh, you know, there was like three anywhere from three to five thousand people would come to this town to you know this little tiny trail system or whatever, yeah. And for the whole weekend, you know, two, three days because they would camp and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was like the, the town would double in, in yeah, population. Yeah, I'd love for, to see like a, an e- economic impact study yes. on like Milledgeville. Like, cause oh my gosh, that's where yeah. everybody had to travel. Yes. Except for the 10 people that actually live in, sorry, Milledgeville. Oh. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a town, right? And right. all of a sudden there's an influx of, yeah, like four or 5,000 people. Yeah. And every restaurant I went into that weekend is was, full of people from the it league. Was, it was all league people. You can't get away from it. like, you know, I want to get away. I'm with them all day. I'm going to go have this quiet dinner. And no. now there's 30 people in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's a, it's a sea of flat bill hats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you helped get it started. Um, um, the first year and yeah now. and i'm on i've been on the board of directors um i forget how long it what it took well, a couple of years before they actually asked me to do that but um oh so you weren't like right off the bat like no i don't even remember if we had a board of directors the first year <laughs> well and that's then, yeah that's <laughs> um i don't maybe um but i've always um volunteered in any sort of way that i can at yeah. the themselves and then in the pre-production stuff whatever it is that i can do i mean most years i'll call up uh kenny the the director 
and just be like, dude, what, what do you need? What's your pain point? Right. Um, then you end up becoming parking director, which is the worst job ever. But, <laughs> but you do such a great <laughs> job. <laughs> um, hopefully there's somebody else next year. <laughs> yes. Hopefully we need a parking director next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be nice to, to have it, have it back to normal. Yeah. The, the infield, it just, I mean, it's just like so awesome with the pit row and, and whatnot. Um, when I, because I had a one year break where I, um, where did I do? I just didn't, whatever. I don't know. I, I did something else. <laughs> uh, so like the first three years, it, it felt like a family outing. Yeah. You pretty much knew everybody that yeah. was there and yeah. And, and pit row, there wasn't a pit row. It was just, Hey, just put your tents over here. Sure. Yeah. Try to keep them orderly. And then, and that was it. Um, and then I came back and it was the first year that, uh, we did the, um, was it the Atlanta road? The Atlanta. Yeah. That was also the first year we oh had middle school. God. So the, oh, the league itself, sense. that was like a, I don't know, a 30% increase all by itself. Oh yeah. That yeah. was a big year. I think we grew by 40%, 50%. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. I mean, I, because we, uh, Tiffany and I were walking, walking through the parking and whatnot and, and I wasn't working, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, and I, I just turned to, I mean, I had like goosebumps. I was like, okay, I got, I got to get back into this. This is insane. <laughs> and then, you know, the pit row was like, like NASCAR almost. Yeah. I and mean, that's, it's, it's a narrow infield there. So everybody's packed in a bit tighter. Yeah. So it definitely had more of that feel of like, man, this is like, this is a big time race. Yeah. And this, I think mean, I've been to a lot of races around the country and the only other race that I've mountain bike races I've been to that have that sort of feel are like sea otter. Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. you know one of the biggest races in the country out in California. <laughs> right. And uh, the Iceman race up in Michigan oh. is, they have like 4,500 participants. And then everybody wow. hangs out. Um, I, I got to race the pro race one year. And so we go out um, late in the day, like 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something. And everybody else is done. They've been having races since 8, 8 a.m. Huh. And so they're all, at, it's a point-to-point race. So they're all out there at this campground, hanging out, partying it up, drinking after their race. So you have this huge finish line experience, right? And that's kind of what it felt like getting these last couple of years at the Georgia League is that these kids get to have that same yeah. experience. And, man, they're spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's bad is, you know. It, but they, it's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, you know, if they go to like college and ride in college. Sure. Or, or if they just go and do like, you know, a regular, you know, like chain buster or, or go nuts race, you know, whatever. Like just some other it's racing. A, you, very different experience. Yeah. Right? You know, there'll, there'll be like a piece of tape on a tree. Like you should, I, tur- I, you should turn here. I used a lot of flogs in my course. Of <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like it's a pro production for... <laughs> <laughs> for our league races and it very much is i mean oh yeah it's, no it's I it mean, takes days to set that up and surprisingly minutes to tear it down um, but there's so many things to love about the league and yeah. the so many positive that come out of that oh yeah i mean go to a trailhead anywhere here in georgia and there's a bunch of teenagers on bikes which is amazing because 10 years ago you go to a trailhead and there'd be that one teenager on a bike yeah and Been otherwise a bunch of around by his dad yeah exactly 35 45 year old men out there it was a, not a diverse age group um sport right. or and there just wasn't that many women either and now there's there's a lot more women involved um and i really do think that that plays into the league there's a lot of moms oh, out there that yeah. want to go 
and that's the cool thing about the sport is say your kid plays soccer or football, you as a parent can't participate with them. Right. Right. You can go and watch and you can read your book and you can cheer and you can do your thing. Um, but you can't actually be a part of that. Um, aside from maybe being a coach where with cycling, you can go ride with your kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tiffany did a mom's ride, um, one year at Milledgeville and it was so cool because these ladies, um, you know, and these are like non-cyclists. They're just, you know, they're just moms. And so they you know, was, they went at like picture paced, you know, and, and along the way they were having so much fun and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe my little Timmy is writing this or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they were blown away at how difficult it was, you know, um, and that they're, you know, that the little kid is out there just getting it, you know, and like, yeah. no well, wonder when they come across the finish line, they're like, Timmy's exhausted. out there riding a wheelie across that hole. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids exactly. can ride better than me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, it's been a fun ride to see all that grow up and, and be what it is. And, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes and how much bigger it can get. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, you did, um, your tour divide event was actually a fundraiser for the league. It was. Yeah. Um, specifically for the bike loaner program and scholarship program. Yeah. That's um, so amazing. So that was, what was that? 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, Tour Divide is 200, no, sorry, 2,750 miles um, from Banff, Canada to Mexico. So it runs the Continental Divide through the Rockies. Hence the name Tour Divide. Tour Divide is the race of that particular route. Yes. Um, there was about 200 people that started that year. And I think maybe 30 that finished within the official 30-day cutoff. Wow. Um, wow. I, I was a solid 15th mid-packer. Nice man, mid pack finisher. Yeah, <laughs> finishing's a mop. good. Middle of the pack. Um, still lost that race by a week. <laughs> well, you just so, gotta go do it again. It's so fun to say. Maybe it's kind of on my radar. There's a couple. So this, these are the things I can't talk about. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I was. I considered it this year. Um, I decided not to. Um, uh, my girlfriend Audrey is going to do it this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, hopefully she can do the whole thing, i.e. get into Canada. Um, but we'll see how that plays oh. out. It might be a you know, U.S. border-to-border so thing. We'll see how it, how it all works out. Um, right. But planning for, for the whole thing. Um, and there is a bit there where we talked back and forth about, like, we both go do it. But I... For several personal reasons, I decided it's probably not the best year for me, and I could definitely support her a whole lot better if if I'm not doing it, yeah. not have my own head caught up in in doing my own race because it's such. That, yeah, that's not like that's not like riding around the block. It's that, not a casual. <laughs> that is not. Ah, you know, you're what? doing I, great here. Would you like a, one of my water bottles? No, no. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it, well, it was never a discussion. We we're going to ride together because. Oh, okay, yeah. That it. it Cause she's so much faster. Yeah. She's totally going to drop me. Um, but it, it's, it's a, a race that is and should be a very selfish endeavor. Well, yeah, you need to yeah. be totally self-supported. You need to do all of that yourself. And that's, and, and in the spirit of that race, like you're not even supposed to have friends come visit you. 
right? So you're supposed to do that totally solo. So the idea of her and I actually riding together and helping each other was never a thing on the table. Okay. And I think we both like, blurted out the concept like right away like just just so you know <laughs> so we're, we're, i think we're both very on board on the same same wavelength on that sure. it was like no no um not that we wouldn't enjoy like going and doing that as a tour together it was just like if you're going to go do that race the mindset is a different thing yeah yeah um and i wouldn't want i wouldn't want her to feel and i wouldn't want anybody to think that like she accomplished it. Oh yeah, but caveat, he oh, helped her out. Sure, like yeah. and vice versa. Because, I mean, she's. I mean, she's a beast on the. Oh, bike, absolutely. So, like, yeah, and and vice versa. I wouldn't want anyone to like think that of me as well. Like, if I'm going to go do right. that as a race, then I want to do that totally on my own, and I don't want any. I don't want to do anything that's outside of the rules of that race. You don't want the asterisk. Correct. Yeah, like, I get it. I've, I get it. Well, and and you know when when you get into I don't your, like to cheat. uh when you like get into your your uh like your personal pain cave Mm -hmm. that's not a time to be thinking of other persons like sure like how am i talking to this other person you know like (laughs) did i just bite their head off yeah it's like how are you doing you know and and to some degree it it might be easier to do it alone and you're all in your own head and you don't have to share that with anybody it's exhausting yeah, yeah and like and there's times during Tour Divide, I just I just stopped and cried. Like you're just emotionally spent, and you need to like get that out. And you don't have anybody to talk to. Right. Like I might ride with somebody for an hour here and there. Like I didn't. Sp- and I very purposefully early in the ride, I stayed away from other people because there's just tons of nervous energy around that I just didn't. Mm. I didn't want to be around all that. I wanted to be alone and go do my ride. Um, towards the end, I realized. Yeah, I'm a social creature. I kind of, I, I want some friends around now. Right. <laughs> this is really hard. Um, but yeah, I'd just be, you know, and you don't have anybody to share those experiences with and you're just stacking experiences day after day after day. Sure. And it's just like the littlest thing could could kind of set you off. Yeah. Um, and I, so I did it as a fundraiser for, for the league, which is kind of how you led this in. Um, and I did it as a, uh, a pledge per mile. Um, that was a, a Kenny Griffin um fabulous idea yeah it is and it because it works on two ways it's a great way to get people engaged in the donation side of it and um and stay engaged while i'm doing my ride right it also gave me huge motivation to go finish that ride so you know when you maybe lose all of your money on day five (laughs) and you're totally out of the race at that point and you're in the dumpster and you're like why am i doing this this is so stupid um and you have a million reasons to quit like you need that one strong anchor to keep on moving. Yeah. And Kenny would send me texts, dude. It's like fourteen seventy five for every mile you do. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's so awesome. I mean, that is double minimum wage, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll work eighteen hours today. <laughs> um, and that the donations kept coming throughout the ride. Like from people who had already donated, they would donate more, and other people would sort of get on board as it was happening. So by the, I think when I started it, it was like 12 or 14,000, which was pretty awesome and, yeah. and really inspiring um, for me. And then by the end, it was 22,500. Wow. Like by the time all the donations wow. and people kept 
piling on. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It that was so really awesome. inspiring to. Yeah, I was like, oh man, <laughs> which that particular year was a. I mean, that was a sizable chunk of our budget for for the yeah. whole year. That was still um, early on. Yeah. Um. So it was really cool to be able to contribute that because I've never been a big monetary contributor to the league. I've always put tons of time and my network into it, but. I've never been able to contribute a, a large amount of money, and it was really nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Everybody thanks you for that. That's that's amazing. We just need you to do it every year. Yeah. So if so you just, uh, I'm ahead. I'm working on another one. Go I can't ahead. tell you about it yet. All right. You gonna do <laughs> maybe something bigger? <laughs> something bigger? Where you gonna go around the world? Maybe. I'm just gonna follow it. It's a pledge per mile, folks. Just one penny around the world. <laughs> toward the equator. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep riding until I can't. So go ahead and pledge a penny towards that. <laughs> <laughs> well i really appreciate you coming in this was a blast i appreciate you having me this is fun yeah yeah i, I know it's a long drive up here well we got to wrap this up so we can collapse this and i can go to bed yes yes <laughs> I'll, let me you can sleep with falcor he'll keep you warm perfect absolutely well but thank you so thank you for coming and uh i will look forward to you coming back up here and talking more when you can discuss your secret tours will do yeah it's coming together very cool well thank you all right campers um if you have any questions or if you want uh any topics talked about you can reach me at what i'm interrupting go ahead oh because i gotta plug myself here you gotta you gotta do that for your guests give us an opportunity oh well none of my guests have had pluggable things so please so uh it's eddie o'day at instagram or you can find me on instagram on Instagram. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, of course, on Facebook, it's also Eddie O'Day. Shredward O'Day on Strava. Ah, Shredward, yeah. yeah. you got to have the nicknames on Strava. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I can't say what mine is. I'll have too many followers. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so you can, <laughs> again, you can email me. Do you have any more plugs? Um, and if you want a bike fit or some coaching, oh like, no, that's actually yeah. If you want to learn how to climb on a bike, I will. I will totally change your life. Um, and you can find me at Free Flight Bicycles or Bob's Bicycles, um, respectively. Yeah, very good. Well, and we were riding over by Jake Mountain, and you just glanced at me, and you said, "Hey, why don't you give your calves a break and raise your seat post up?" And I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And he's like, did, did you that work? Need... Yeah, I raised it like a half an inch. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you can definitely fit people. That's 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 clear. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so, like I said, you can send an email to trailer talk with Ryan at gmail.com. So until the next time, keep on camping, campers. Supporting a loved one through a crisis can feel overwhelming, but responders at the Veterans Crisis Line can help. Contact them at 1-800-273-8255 and press option 1. Or you can text them at 838-255. Or chat online at their website, veteranscrisisline.net. If you don't talk, no one will listen. Trailer Talk is brought to you by Carbo Rocket. Whether a weekend warrior or an ultra-endurance athlete, Carbo Rocket gives you the fuel you need to win. It's all natural and gluten-free. Carbo Rocket. Fuel smarter. Go farther.